Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Exploring Italy podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Giuseppe, and thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. On this episode, we will be talking about some popular foods in each region, and we have a couple of special guests to help us speak about a few different regions that are near and dear to our hearts. So first off, we'd like to welcome Tommy and Christina, who run the Instagram account Long Island Italian, and they're helping to keep the Italian-American culture alive. So before we dive in, we want to thank you guys for joining us and welcome you, and we'll let you tell us a little bit more about yourselves. Well, thank you so much for having us. We're really excited to talk about our regions. Um, so I'm Christina, and our my region is Basilicata, which is the arch of the boot, and Tommy's region, I'll let you um, so I'm from Bari, or well, the town is Polignano, but the region is uh, the region is Puglia, and we're pretty much on the uh, on the heel, and I'm closer to like the middle bottom part of the heel, like right toward uh, towards the Adriatic Sea. Um, so some of the foods that we like to eat are very like, I would say like ocean oriented. So we love to eat, mm-hmm. you know, polpette, a lot of fish stuff, you know, stuff like that. Um, we're also known for focaccia bares. If you guys have ever heard of that, yeah, that's I'm telling you, I love it. I mean, I've never had it from Puglia or in Bari, but I hear you know, I've had the ones here, but I'm not too sure if you know, in New York, they're the same, you, yeah, um, you, as the one in Puglia. You, but I'm sure you can elaborate on that part, yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, so when you go to Italy, right, all the ingredients are different, you know, every, like. It can, it, like, things like water matter, you know, like, everything matters. Like, even, like, the water right. from the ocean in Italy or for the water that you drink, like, everything affects the taste. So, it's never going to be exactly like how it is there. But there are certain spots I found in New York that come pretty close to it. But it's just out of this world. Basically, it's just a circle of, of you know, dough with extra virgin olive oil. Um, usually, usually, they put, like, tomatoes and they kind of embed it yep. deep into it. And they mm-hmm. bake it and they drizzle it in extra virgin olive oil. It's ridiculous. I um, want to comment on that since I'm from another region. <laughs> um, you know, I feel like everybody with their region, they think that the food from their region is the best. And I have to yeah. say that the focaccia bares is the best focaccia I've had. Because we make something really? similar in my town. But I feel like the texture of the focaccia bares, I think you would agree, Tommy, yeah. is airier. You know, you don't. It doesn't feel so heavy it when like you you're eat eating it. anything. It feels like you're you're, you're not chewing on it. It just goes right, right through you. you I know? could absolutely have like easily four or five pieces of it. What would oh, you yeah. say? Yep. Yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, I mean, to comparison with the focaccia bares and Campania as well with pizza. Right. I, you know, I, you know, everyone says you can't compare a pizza from Napoli to any other region, and yeah. honestly, it is true. I mean, yeah. if you have pizzas in Rome. Florence, Calabria, anywhere else. It's just, it's not the same. And it comes down to the key, which is not only is it the fresh ingredients, but also the water that makes that dough what it is. And I'm sure like the focaccia in body is, you know, one of the main reasons is like what you yeah. said. It's because of the water. Well, that's what they and say even about honestly, New York too. Key. Like other yeah. places yeah. in the country, actually, I know in Florida, because my best friend mm-hmm. is from Florida, that they actually import water from New York to make yeah. pizza. Yeah, or like, right, or like even like their bagels. I think they created like some sort of machine to like mimic New York water or something wow. like that wow. so that, that they could make 
yeah, so that they can make like similar enough bagels and pizza and other bread products. Yeah, it's pretty interesting how the world works in general. Like even in Italy too, they, you know, I'm sure up north they import a lot of products from down south, uh, like olive oil. I know especially in Puglia is heavy. Yeah. It's like very well known there too. Oh, yeah. But I feel like that there's like a very big difference. Going back to what Tommy said, you guys are known for your seafood as well. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. also because you guys are near the coast. Exactly. I can, I can relate as well, being from a coastal town in Campania. I feel like our cuisines, if you compare them to Campania and Puglia, you compare them to Basilicata and Calabria. Mm-hmm. I feel like, in my opinion, Basilicata and Calabria are very similar in the sense that you guys have Earthy products, yes, earthy absolutely. dishes. Absolutely, absolutely. A lot of foraging, and, mushrooms and whatnot. Yes, yes. Just, oh yeah. It's the same, I mean, Sabrina. Yeah, no. like in Calabria, especially like where in my small little towns and all the towns that surround it, mushrooms are huge. Oh yeah. Um, obviously hot peppers. I mean, where Calabria is known for their spicy cuisine. So, and it's all things that like grow from the ground and a lot of like agricultural things. We do have like some fish products and sea products like yeah. we're known for like the stocco but other than that it's more agricultural cuisine oh yeah like Puglia and and Campania that are you know focused heavily on absolutely well you know Basilicata mm-hmm. is known for the mushrooms kind of like you were talking about with Calabria and uh, Ripacandida my town in particular they're known for a pizza called pizza paisano and it has mushrooms on it but I feel like mushrooms, if you don't grow up in a region that's like uses mushrooms a lot in their dishes, it's kind of an acquired taste. Like I love mushrooms with anything and everything, but I don't know, Tommy, do you feel that way? Because I know your sister's. I love mushrooms, but my sister doesn't like it. Well, yeah, I don't like it that well, much. Really well, I feel like you being near the, you know, Tommy, up. you being no, near an ocean, mushrooms. the Adriatic Sea, kind of feel like you're used to like clams and mussels and fish. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, actually, you know what? No, no, no. You're you're completely right. You're absolutely right. Um, I forgot the name of the of the dish. It's a really? casserole, and I know they use rice, potatoes, and mussels. My aunt always makes it when we go over there. Oh, it's mm-hmm. delicious. They put it, you know, they put it in like a some kind of like a Dutch oven pot. Oh wow! Like a souffle, a souffle bowl, and they put it in the oven. When it comes out, it's so good. Um, but yeah, as you said, no, we're definitely big on clams. Oh, wow. Sounds pretty Tiela. good, though. Tiela Puliese. Tiela Puliese. Yeah, there you go. Um, but are you guys, uh, oh, yes. are you guys aware that yeah. in Puglia, they, they, they like, they'll in, take the octopus yeah, they do that in, um, and they slam Campania it against too, the rock just to, in to general, tenderize it? Did you guys do that as well? Yeah, there. and it's because I put it, they don't want it to get too hard, I believe it is, yeah. like the octopus. They kind of want it to, like, go brain dead or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because then when they cook it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tenderize it. Right. No. Of Once course. it turns know, white, like, that's a, that's how you know. I think too, it's, it's like, done. Octopus is very big, and I'm pretty sure also by you guys, um, you know, octopus marinated in oil, it's pretty delicious. And lemon. Lemon. Yeah, grilled. That's same it's way, so right up my. Oh, alley. absolutely, grilled <laughs> everything, right? So. So, so other than the seafood, though, there are a couple of, you know, big dishes that we're known for. And actually, we, we eat them at my house um, only during the summer, though, 
there's a special string bean that we actually my dad grows them in our backyard at home mm-hmm. right here in New York, and they're like skinny long mushroom um mushroom string beans. Mm. And what we do is we boil them right. up and we put them in with spaghetti and tomato sauce. Spaghetti con spaghetti con fagiolini is what we call it. And we only eat that in Polignano. Oh, wow. They don't really even eat it in body that much. It's more of a Polignano thing. I had that the first time with Tommy, and it, it's delicious. It's a different taste. Those particular string beans, they're so skinny. They have so much flavor to them. It's very different from, like, a regular string bean. Would you it's say? skinny and long. You can't even, oh, right. no, you can't even buy true. them anywhere. Like, you have to have a connect. You know what I mean? I have a question. What are the cheeses uh, that are from your regions? I mean, for us, it's just honestly. Yeah, do you know? like Campania is just, as everyone, I mean, many people might know this, but of course, uh, Buffalo Mozzarella, uh, that's what we're known for, you know, very famously known oh, for yeah. Calabria. Um, what do you guys know for? I mean, I don't know if we're known for any specific cheeses, but we have like a lot of like Parmigiano Reggiano. Um, I believe Cacio Cavallo from Mamma oh, yes. from Calabria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, so I was going to say, it's that's interesting because like, I feel region, like where Cacho you're Cavallo. from, Basilicata, and where Sabrina's from in Calabria, um, very similar mm-hmm. um, cuisine, I would yeah. say. Very it's like similar. The south of the south. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's, it's interesting because I say that it's because you're both, oh, both yeah. your towns are from. It's a kind of a landlocked town. I mean, of course, you're, yeah, like, of course, like, you know, if you drive a little down, like, yes. it's a very mountainous. Yeah, we're like a 10 minute drive to the but beach, but our it's town not, is, yeah, I mean, it's not like ports or anything yeah. like that. And I feel like with me, I'm literally five minutes away walking distance from a beach. Yeah. And Tommy, I'm not sure about you if that's the same. Yeah, see? Yeah. So I feel like, both of your towns, oh, he's right on from it. Sabrina Christina. Um, very similar, you know, yeah. mushrooms, uh, cheeses, and it could be because, like, by you guys, there's also a lot oh, more yeah. cows, sheep, and just more animals, animals mm-hmm. out there in comparison to us. Where if yeah. you walk the streets, I'm looking at people that are selling fish, octopus, olive oil, mozzarella, many more, you know, these types of products that yeah. are grown near the ocean. So you can see the yeah. very big difference between all four regions. Christina, is is your town or your region yeah. known for spicy food oh, totally. too? Or is it more of a Calabria thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's more of a Calabria thing. But we do use peppers in our uh-huh. um, cuisine. Uh-huh. But uh, we use the dried ones, the, the kruski. The kruski. I don't know if you guys have that. It's like the dried peppers, mm-hmm. and we usually have that with sfaginata, which is like a pasta that's pretty popular in my region, which is like a longer version of, what would you say? Um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's it's delicious. And going back to uh, what Giuseppe said about how like our regions are more like the earthy products, I think that's more because like especially right. with Calabrian bus being in the mountains and kind of far away from, <laughs> I have to be honest, like most of civilization. Um, we have all right. those like old school peasant dishes with beans. Yes, exactly. Like yes. poor man's meal. Yeah. Like you just like, 
you can make anything out of what you have. And that actually brings me to like even like my grandmother's cuisine here. Like I noticed, especially like in the winter time, where like we eat like yes. a lot of like beans and like oh, escarole, yeah. and it's just like first of all that th- those meals, if you make a big batch, can last for like days. And it really doesn't cost barely anything to make. So I think, like, they're bringing, like, the old days when, like, really nobody had yeah. money. And like you said, they lived like peasants. And they're just, like, that's still a huge part and of And I feel cuisine. like it's, it makes it, in a sense, a little more special because it's, like, so old school. And there's so much history behind those peasant meals that it really does have a special place in right. my heart. Like, when I'm eating it, I feel that history, you know? It's true. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And like, we don't even have like, I mean, I'm sure like, especially especially and like Calabria, like there are such beautiful places in those regions. But even like the tourism industry, like it, it kind of remains untouched. Absolutely. Like you hear about people going to like the Amalfi Coast and Campania. Yeah. And like places in Puglia, but you don't really hear too much about people like just going on tours or visiting Calabria. I like haven't really even met anybody else. I mean, I've met a couple people here and there, but I like never come across people that are from Basilicata. No, you're actually Uh, the first one that I've met. Yeah, you're the first person for us, honestly. And I'm probably related to them if I do come across. (laughs) It's really, you know, interesting. Like, and even if you do visit Basilicata, you're not really going to visit a small town. No, you're going to visit Matera. That experience. Yeah. Exactly. You're right, going to visit. That's, the only one I've heard of. that's <laughs> probably the only tourist trap I would say that people would go to if they're going to Basilicata. But there's so much history there, um, you know, with the Passion of Christ being filmed yeah. there as well. It's just a very known area. I mean, if it, it, it feels like, uh, you know, like you were actually living around. I don't know. Yeah, thousand, Roman times. A thousand years well, the ago, cobblestone you know? in and my town same... is from ancient Roman times, and there's like so many beautiful right. castles from like the 1200s yeah. that are cool. And I like, agree. I don't know if you guys know um, Monticchio, but it's like on top of a volcano, mm. not too far from me. It's about a, I would say, 20 minute drive, and it's a lake, Lago right. Monticchio, and it's gorgeous. And there's a beautiful church that overlooks it, and you know, not anyone knows about it, but it's right. a beautiful piece of history and architecture and just scenery, the landscape. Yeah, we, yeah, no, it's honestly, it's, it's beautiful. Um, just these small towns and honestly, it's better if we keep them untouched at yeah. this point, because you see how, I mean, being near Campania being near Puglia, you see how crazy, these places oh, get yeah. in the summertime. You can't eat. You can't even drive there. You can't even walk. You can't enjoy something at a decent price without having to pay ten euros mm-hmm. for just an ice cream. Like it's yeah. it's ridiculous. And really. even like food prices, if you compare, like when we go visit like my family versus when we go to your to Campania, like a beer, like a birra peroni in my town will be like two or three euros, and then you go to his where he's from, and it's like five or six euros. Yeah, you know it's. It's great that, you know, these small towns, nobody touches them. Honestly, I don't even know if the Italian government knows. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, right. They, they, they're, lost, they're lost civilization. But it really, yeah, it really it's, is it's, beautiful. They don't you know. know we actually went to a museum um, somewhere. I, it might have been mm-hmm. in, Christina, where exactly? Rio Nero? Where? Uh, oh, Melfi, maybe? Was it Melfi? It was a little town called Melfi back uh, in Basilicata. And... There were some stones there and some artifacts that literally said 1 AD. I mean, this is 
history that yeah. wow. you wouldn't see anywhere else. Right. That's well, crazy. they say, like, just... Tommy's Town, they say that a lot of um, the people have Greek blood in them because they derive from the Greeks. Yeah. Right. But they say in yeah. my region, and I'm probably, probably Sabrina in your region as well, that it's like the true Roman Roman, Roman blood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they actually say my region, Calabria, actually does have a lot of Greeks. Like, my last name, Argyro, is, like, is a very Greek last name. Like, it's actually some, it's, like, some people's first names in Greek because it means, like, silver. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, there's a lot of, like, Greek um, culture that's in Calabria. The same here in Campania, too, of course. Um, You know, the town that I'm actually from, Torre del Greco. Is the Tower of wow. Greece, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and it's interesting to see that you know literally Tower of Greece, yeah. uh, and then we just have a lot of influence all around Campania too. I mean, Pompeii too. I'm pretty sure has a little influence oh, yeah. of oh, Rome. Cool. All Greece. the architecture, all the really architecture work the really started with the Greeks. Um, just even going, I feel like all of Italy, mostly southern Italy. Because then even if we go to the region of Sicily, too, you know, the Agrigento, the Valley of Temples, too, it's everything is inspired. Yeah, once you start going to more of, like you said, the coastal towns. Yeah. You start Mm -hmm. reaching. Yeah, exactly. Those Greco-Roman areas. uh, You know, that's what they once were. But going back to, um, like you were saying, Giuseppe, um, with the tourists and, you know, in our areas, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but. Do you know the Red Bulls uh, diving competition? No, I don't. So it's a, it's a pretty big thing, I guess, internationally. Not so much really in America, but um, they started hosting, I, I think it's the final, actually, or maybe like, the, yeah, you the know, final. the final. They actually host that in Polignano. And it, oh, wow. They jump off the cliffs, right. And it became, I think, to be honest with you, I think that's what really drove a lot of people there. Because like you said, you know, once August comes around, even, you know, June and July, it gets crazy over there. But it wasn't always like that. Like, Polignano is not, it was not always a touristy spot. It's became that with the past 15 years. I think, you know what it is? I think with the influence of social media, people started sharing posts of how mm-hmm. beautiful it is in the caves. Yeah. Nobody knows about this. Uh, nobody yeah. knew about this Absolutely. 30 years ago. My dad used to tell me, yeah. nobody knew about Polignano. Now it's, you know, it's just, it's crazy to think. Yeah. Even like the like I've seen like so many pictures like of um like just like the dining places right. in Bolignano that's like just so beautiful the ocean like you you're right about like I definitely think social media brought out people want to see yeah, this place exactly it's, ultimately it's like, they yeah. want to see you know they want to envision they it. want they to see it and they almost want to be like hey I want to be there and they want it's like almost like the you know what was it cool kid on the block sort of feel. Hey, I want to go to this place this year. Mm -hmm. And for the year of 2020, everyone and their moms are going to go to Fonion Amada, you know? know, Not this year. year. (laughs) Well, not this year, but um, other years, you know, people would actually be like, hey, let's go here. Like, there came a point, I remember a few years ago, everybody, and I mean everybody, were going to the Amalfi Coast. I remember one year, seeing everyone's pictures, like, oh, Positano, Amalfi. Of course, it's a touristy spot, you know, in, in the summertime, of course, you want to visit. But then, like, other years, I remember seeing, like, everyone going to Greece. And I'm just it like, really what is going on? on like, is there, like, a fad going on? Like a traveling like, algorithm. And honestly, that's what's going on. It's going on, like, in Basilicata. It's going to come, actually, to Basilicata. Once oh, there's yeah. a coastal town mm-hmm. that 
becomes like photo. photo Once a bunch of people start going to Matera and like posting the pictures of how cool Mm -hmm. it looks, and people will start flocking. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, well, we actually talked about this on like one of our other podcasts. Basically, like what we think like the future of tourism will be like in Italy mm-hmm. after this pandemic. But like, what do you guys think? Like, what are your opinions about what Italy in the future will look like? I would say um, it's probably going to be a lot slower, and I think that at first it's going to be like the second generation Italians that are going to want to do. Like, you know, that traveling to find their roots kind of thing. And then I think it'll be popularized Mm -hmm. again, but most likely in the beach towns and places like that. But you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it a little more, maybe the mountain regions will become a little more popular, being that this coronavirus came around and it seems to flourish in place together. Mm -hmm. Maybe Boston will be the next big right. thing. Who knows? Hey, listen, it might become the next Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that, too. It's <laughs> a good point you make there, Christine, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, never thought of it that way. People want to be secluded. Now they want to be alone. Yeah. They don't want to be around people. People might get anxiety attacks mm-hmm. if they visit Milan, Rome. I, I just don't see you know, myself either. I don't see how you can go back to the old normal. Like, that's it. You can't have lines for people waving no. at the Coliseum. I mean, just Polignano Amati, for example, you see how crazy it is out there. Um, time, I'm sure you can tell me, like, how crazy it gets. So many people. Beaches. It's, it's, people are no, people exactly. Our family top even goes there for vacation. Yeah. Cafes. Yeah. And I think, like, previously, like, before all of this, I, I do think that, like, Italy, like, they were much more advanced in certain things. But, like, when it came to, like, using technology and things like that, I think they were actually like behind like i don't think they use things like we have like a reservation system or like an open table or or like you know buying tickets ahead of time like for the empire state building for instance you can buy your tickets ahead of time you can't do that for the coliseum or like the duomo i mean i think the duomo you can but like they're going to have to like keep up with the technology i think and like i said like they might even have mm-hmm. like a reservation system that like they text you hey it's your turn to go yeah to coliseum like we're not having yeah. a line longer this might have been a 30 people. this might have been a big wake-up so, call this might be what italy needed because yeah. for example like when me and christina went to paris and we went to the catacombs like christina bought the tickets online she bought a fast pass like all uh-huh. you know all that good stuff it makes it very you know convenient mm-hmm. but i feel like but yeah, in yeah. Italy, things are so, you know, ancient. Everyone's stuck in their old ways. You know, even our fathers here, like, you know, they're everyone's stuck in their old ways in Italy. Like, they don't want to change anything. Yep. And, you know, I think, it was, like I said, this was a big wake up call. Yeah, I'm just I'm so sad. I, I know can't it's go very depressing. Year. Yeah, it's such a shame. Uh, um, like, especially with all this going on like you want to go there more than like ever before. Tickets were and, so cheap. I was going to buy it, but um, I said, you know what? I, you can't. I find myself too. Yeah. We already had our team. I'm very optimistic. Still. Well, that's good. I'm very optimistic, honestly. I'm going to be honest. I'm, you know what? Even if it means I have to go in August for, and I hate yeah, going because it's crazy. But then I, I say to myself, but if I go in August, a lot of people from Northern Italy might not even come down for vacation this year because of everything going on. They already lost so much money, so much business. So they might not even take a vacation since they technically were home for That's three true. months almost. Um, 
They can't afford to take a vacation. They got families to feed. They got I know. a house and to pay. And they were hit hard. They were hit Bills hard. to pay. Yeah. And I also feel like a lot of these luxury high-end uh, hotels might even be dirt cheap this year. Might, you know, might have to cut their prices in half. So it's I, it's all to see, really. Would honestly. you guys feel comfortable going? Like, what is your like, um, like what is your feeling on like the whole um, traveling? I'm a little nervous right now, but at the same time, like, mm-hmm. you know, I feel very protective of my roots, and I get very emotional talking about the topic. Like, even when my cousins text me from Italy, I get emotional because I know I'm not going to be seeing them this year. Um, but I think right. it is up to mm-hmm. our generation to rebuild that need to travel there and help Italy get back on its feet. So Tommy and I were thinking about going maybe in, um, in the winter time. Yeah. For new year's to spend the new year, you know, it's, it's Mm. nice symbolic way, you know, new year getting into uh, like a rebirth, a restart for the country. So I think that's probably what we're going to do just to let it blow over a little more. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. I mean, listen, that's a great idea if you, you know, hopefully by then, hopefully. <laughs> this quote-unquote second wave does not show up or does not come back. That's my only worry. I mean, tickets are cheap right now for summertime. Uh, can you only imagine oh how can't imagine the winter time? They might be giving away everything going at that point. So, <laughs> at this point, they're just going to be like, hey, we just want, you know, seats to be filled up just because, exactly. you know. <laughs> but, um, you know, I mean, we definitely got off topic a little bit from just talking about different cuisines in our regions, but it's fine. At the end of the day, we did speak about our regions and what they're known for and the future of Italy as it's a main topic. But my last question that I want to ask you guys before we get off is, have you yet found any restaurant or in a recipe that you were able to either taste or replicate back here in New York? Um, Yes. Actually, and what was it, if you don't mind me La asking Nona that as Bella well? in Garden City. Uh, going to have to shout out Chef Lino on this one. He's actually from, okay, I forgot uh-huh. to tell you guys this one also. I'm also from a town called Conversano, but it's right next to Polignano. Okay. It's the town next over. I, I do have more family from Polignano. Conversano, is, to be honest, it's, just, it's pretty much the same cuisines, so I just stuck to one town, but in Garden City, there's a place called La Nona Bella. And I'm telling you guys, mm-hmm. the food that they have there is exactly the same as Polignano. Maybe maybe like a tiny, tiny, tiny bit different in the quality, but you can barely tell. Right. Wow, that's pretty too. cool. Like, I've been a lot of places, and they do this fava bean puree, mm-hmm. right? And that's very similar mm-hmm. to uh, a dish that we have in Bacandida. And I tasted it, and tears actually came to my eyes because it tasted exact and it took me back to my town. The ingredients there are so fresh. You know, you guys know how you go to an Italian restaurant and you get chicken parmesan and, you know, obviously that's an Italian-American thing. So this guy, he's like, listen, if I'm going to make something, I'm going to make it fresh. I'm not going to make it the Italian-American way. I'm from Italy. I'm going to make it the way I would make something in Italy. So rather than making it the mm-hmm. Italian-American stereotypical way. He calls it the chicken margarita. And it's just chicken oh, and wow. plum tomato and a little bit of, like, sprinkled cheese and mozzarella. So that's what I like about it. You know, they, they just kind of make their own versions of everything that sort of replicate 
all the dishes in my town. And the and like yeah. Christina said, that fava bean puree, if you guys ever in, in Long Island, you have to try it. It's to die for. We'll go together. Yeah, we definitely. should go together. Absolutely. No, definitely. We'll yeah. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. All actually, actually, guys, and then, not to get off topic, but that was the place we were supposed to go to. Yeah, I know. I, I know. Like right, right during the... Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully soon. Hopefully, you know, hopefully by the fall time or whenever. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. But what about you, Christina? That, Any, that's uh, my favorite. That's my favorite recipes? spot. And then um, nobody does it better than my grandpa, though. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to say. My home favorite home. dish is, to this day, lindicchia. And it's just, like, so simple. The lentils, mm. pasta. I just, I love it. Yep. And anything with fava beans. That's I, I make a mean fava bean puree. Yeah, spaghetti. you do. Yeah. You do. It's great. Another uh, thing that they have over there in uh, Christina's Pretty region good. also is cannellini bean puree. That is so good. Oh, they yes. mash up the cannellini beans. They throw it in with spaghetti, garlic, and, you know, oil. It's to die for. Wow, that's pretty good. I mean, I'm sure it is. It's very right. earthy, very good. Um, by you know, going, I'm sure Sabrina it can relate to Christina oh, yeah. as well with that. Yeah, I definitely would say like my grandma's cuisine, cuisine is like the closest yeah. to what we have um, in Calabria. I, I mean, you just can't compare it. There's just certain dishes that like even you you just can't replicate in a restaurant. Like they have to be made at home. Like on your kitchen stove, it can't be yeah. like industrialized. Like we have yeah. something like we call it like malanjanikini, but it's mm. like stuffed eggplant basically, and it's like you have to eat them like as soon as like they come out of the the hot oil when you fry them, or else it's like yeah. it, it's a totally different taste. Yeah, I mean, I can say that. Yeah, you have mm. to eat them when they come out hot, piping hot. Like, oh wow! Yeah, yeah just yeah. Do you guys yeah, um, really good. do you guys eat and, um, uh, orticetti or is that only a Puglia thing? Yeah, well, no. Well, yeah, with broccoli up and switch. No, with broccoli up and sausage. That's them. that's a yeah. that's another dish that we're that's known one for. Of my yeah. Dishes, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I, when I go to places, I have usually that. I mean, I have to try when I go to the homeland mm-hmm. of Puglia. Body, definitely need to try. You know, and um, I'm just trying to think. Like by me. If I can relate to any of you guys right now, any places around here, I mean, of course, I'm going to have to go with my mother's cooking with her linguine with vongole. Very big, very big dish by us out in Napoli. But um, in terms of pizza wise, I mean, I mean, popular dish and hands down, I would have to give that to Queste, which uh, Roberto does an awesome job. Shout out to him and his place, too. But yeah, I mean, if you've never been there, definitely I need to. Bring no, you guys. and I, you know it's funny. Been there yet. I, no, we were yeah. supposed to. Go. I have Another heard of it, actually. I've have heard of it from a lot of people, so I definitely would love to come and try that. Yeah. No, definitely. His his forget pizza is if you want to if you exa- if you really want a pizza from Napoli, you just go to him. He gets his he gets his flour, his products, everything is from Italy, but specifically from wow. the region of Campania. I mean, literally, even the buffalo mozzarella. Wow, they ship I can't over wait. That's I'm really. excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we gotta make oh, a yeah, list. Gotta make a list. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to let him. I'm gonna have to let him know if he can give us like a private booth for us yeah. after all this and be like, "Hey, can we put up walls? That would be awesome. Whatnot. 
I actually have a question, um, like based on like the different regions, like one of obviously the most, I guess, well-known dishes that like, especially Italian Americans think of is like pasta and meatballs. But like, even though spaghetti and meatballs isn't really Italian, we obviously all probably have like meatballs on Sundays. And like my family makes them completely different than like how Giuseppe's family makes them. So like, I'm wondering if it's like a regional thing. So like, do your families make meatballs like the same way or would you And see- in the sense of same mm-hmm. way, I think Sabrina will, you know, elaborate in the sense like on her side of the family, they put them in sauce. Yeah, right? like we literally put like the raw meatballs yeah, we, we, in the sauce. We, we, we fry ours first sauce. and then put them in the sauce. And we yeah, keep so yes, yeah. yeah. So you and I, we do the same way. We fry them. Um, what about you? We Christina? fry them a little bit and then we bake them and then we put them in the sauce. Yeah, yeah. So wow. So it's very interesting to see the difference. Yeah. Because and like your mom or your grandma don't like put them even in the sauce. No, we like just, yeah. well, we actually dish for us. we and do something want, similar though, but we we have some that we keep on the side to like eat as like almost like an appetizer, yeah. and then we put some. <laughs> But Tommy, mm-hmm. yeah, like we never, yeah. we never really put them on top of pasta. I think even for us, yeah. it's like a side dish. But it's like we just yeah. put them directly in the sauce. Then you take them out, and I put more sauce on top, and then it's like yeah. on on the side. But it's just, it's crazy how like, and I always told like my grandma and my mom, and they always like shunned me for it. I'm like, isn't it like not sanitary to put like raw meat directly in the in the pot? But, no, like, but you know what? I've heard of that like before that. too. I have like family friends that actually do mm-hmm. that so that's definitely a thing mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's awesome like how different it's so crazy how mm-hmm. similar the cuisines can be but then also how different like the little right. aspects of it that different right it's like it's literally like the same dish and you make it like literally 20 different ways for all the regions in italy yeah. right. it's still italian cuisine like I feel like you don't see that like anywhere else, really. Like it, it's such a big Italian thing that every, especially when you compare like the north, the north region oh, yeah. to the southern regions, it's like a completely different like night and day altogether. Right? Like, have you guys been to like Florence or like any of the other uh, northern well, we regions? Been to Milan and and Rome. Uh, Milan definitely has a different cuisine than I would say Southern Italy because mm-hmm. it's a lot of risottos. I feel risotto, like yeah, risotto uh, and chicken mil- 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 yeah. milanese, which is delicious. It's just different from what we're used to. Yeah, yeah. Like when we went to um, Florence, we like ordered like like their version uh-huh. of a charcuterie board, and we had the. Um, the bread that it comes with yeah it wasn't salted at all and we thought uh-huh. it was like a restaurant thing but then we realized that that's yeah just, they like, do that in milan as well remember yeah, yeah, we had remember it? That. yeah yeah quick question do you um actually it, it's more of a statement when you guys to make you know tomato do you guys make <laughs> the tomato sauce you know for uh, every labor day we used to, like, when my grandparents yeah. were, were younger, but, like, now she kind of just, honestly, right. she just makes it, like, little by little, like, every Sunday. Like, she'll make her own tomato sauce, Enough. but it'll just be, like, yeah. like a little bit at a time. I do want to, like, get more into that, though, like, as, like, our, like, families grow. Like, I want to, like, start, like, yeah. keeping that. No, exactly. And, and Like you said, every region is different and every family is different. I feel like every family does mm-hmm. that different. Making sauce, making sauce in the you know yeah. in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Everybody makes that kind of like in a different way. You know, some people 
like to do different things. And I don't know about you guys, but in my family, there's always fights. <laughs> oh, well, every family is like that when it comes. Right. You know, everyone has their own capatosta, mm-hmm. as they say, hard head. And yeah. they all think that their way is the right way. But in the, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, everyone's way is the right way. Because I, the way I make something is completely different from the way, you know, Tommy, you yeah. would make something. Or Christine or Sabrina. Mm-hmm. It's just all different. Yeah, ways. and it's cool to, like, see, like, for instance, like, ones, like, different regions almost, like, fusing what they're known for and, like, the two regions and, like, fusing it into, like, something even different. Yeah. Like, I'm... I'm Green. So excited to see that, like, when we get married eventually, like, the cal- Calabres and the Napolitan cuisine, like, I feel like we're going to take both of what we're known for. And, and that's like, the beautiful thing yeah. about being Italian I'm sure we'll American. Come up with when something. you are with another Italian from mm-hmm. a different region, you have that ability to taste the cuisine there, take what you like, right. and mix it up a little bit. You, you know, that's like kind of, you know, you can't do that in Italy. People yeah. usually marry each other from the same region, right. and yeah. they continue, but we're like making new traditions, right. and that's what's the beautiful thing about being Italian-American. Right. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. No, and, it's true. Yeah, it's true, and it's funny because, like, Giuseppe's parents are both from the same place in Italy. My parents are both from the same place in Italy, so, like, we always just grew up with those regional cuisines so it's really cool to see like what we'll make when you know as we get older as we start yeah. to have kids of our own so it's really beautiful and like so going back to your um instagram account you guys really took the italian american culture and you know started to make it well known on social media and specifically to like your long island people so mm-hmm. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about that and how well, that all came about. basically like i started it just because i felt Obviously, we breathe it, you know, it's in our blood, but I just felt like it was, I felt like it was dying. Do you guys, like, get a little bit of a sense, like, you know, when our, when our parents' generation started, you know, when they started getting a little bit older, I feel like the tradition started to, like, yep. kind of go downhill a little bit. Like, people started to care less, and I wanted to connect with more people that felt the same way as I did, and, mm-hmm. and Christina felt the same way. And I feel like it was a good way to connect with people and to, I you know, like I said, to make friends, start new traditions, find out other people, find out their, you know, what the, you know, what they make in their regions, and exactly common interests. And I feel like I've met a lot of good people, like you guys, uh, also Sabino and Michaela and Rocco from Growing Up Italian, Rocco the comic, everybody, all of us, we're all a huge family now, and I love mm-hmm. it. I mean, right. no one, no one has any arguments with each other. No one's, you know, trying to stab each other in the back. We're here. We're here right. to do the same thing, and. You know, like you said, promote the promote the culture. I, I love it. That's great, honestly. You know, it's always great to promote, you know, help promote the Italian culture, getting along with other people that exactly. have the same niche like us. And it's just it's great to see that as well. But um, you know, with that being said, you know, I'm glad you guys you were able time. to join us today. And I thank you both for um tuning in and talking about your regions and for everyone that's listening you know if you haven't yet check out the instagram page long island italian and i can guarantee you the first second third post every post actually you thank can you actually guys. relate to them so guys i thank you again for being with us and um, thank yeah. you too thank, thank you guys right? anytime thanks guys thank you. We'll talk you very too. soon all right guys all right stay healthy guys ciao yeah. you got it <laughs> You too. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's podcast. If you haven't yet done so, please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Our Instagram handle is 
exploring.italy, and our Facebook handle is exploring.italia. Thank you again for tuning in, and uh, have a good one, guys. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye.